yo, it's your man, Salem Brigham, one half of the dynamic duo Marlo, uh, the whole half of the dynamic, you know me, and you are listening to the Cabbages Podcast. Stay live. <laughs> Welcome to Shamrocks, a Leprechaun movie podcast, the only unofficial weekly hip-hop podcast about the Leprechaun cinematic universe. I'm your host, Gary Suarez. I'm a freelance music journalist and critic, and I write a twice-weekly hip-hop newsletter called Cabbages, which you can subscribe to for free at cabbageshiphop.com. Joining me as always is my co-host, music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan, and today we'll be discussing Leprechaun Back to the Hood the 2003 movie that Entertainment Weekly called Equal Parts Funky Fresh and Severed Flesh, adding, quote, if a movie could spark a race riot, this is it. But before we get into it, here's a word from our sponsor. Hello, Cabbages Podcast listeners. Your co-host Jeff here. Gary and I are placing ads on Cabbages, and all proceeds are going to the Brooklyn Community Kitchen, a food bank in Greenpoint. So far, we've raised $160. This week's sponsor is the Pathways Radio Show. Hosted by yours truly, Pathways is mostly a jazz show, and it explores the alleyways and crevices the peaceful jazz creeps into, including neoclassical, ambient, R&B, etc. But it's mostly jazz. It comes on every other Saturday on NewtownRadio.com. It's also cataloged on the Newtown Radio Mix Club. Come find some peace with Pathways. He might actually be protecting us from what he has become. Does that make sense? So like he's guarding this gold and keeping it away from everybody because he knows it only spurs an awful life, a life trapped. I'm not going to let you know. I'm not going to let you sit there. A life trapped in avarice, the leprechaun story. I'm not going to let you sit there and ascribe altruistic values I'm not going to let that no. would be a great no. avenue no. for, say, a musical about the leprechaun. I'm not going to let you ascribe altruistic values to the leprechaun. He is a villain through and through. There well, is nothing. Why are we cheering for him so hard? Because, because of he, the performance? Or because it's a masterful performance. performance. Okay. It is a masterful performance by a character actor committing to a role that. Uh-huh. His the actor's delight shines mm-hmm. through. That's definitely I, part of it. And I think that's probably where your issue going well, back to be. A more universalist is, theory, perhaps a more open-minded theory, would be also the Leprechaun could be an okay guy. He's made some mistakes. You know, the gold thing, it's a bad thing. But are we to judge him on those sins? Who are we to judge, Gary? Do we not take into account how many people he's murdered? over the course of these films, just plain up murdered, including people who've done nothing to him and have not even touched his gold. Mm. We, we don't. <laughs> Universalist theory actually uh, doesn't apply there, no. He's a piece of shit, but we love him. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Ariel Castillo. She currently works as a U.S. content producer for Manchester City Football Club. Her writing bylines and content credentials also include work for Jacobin, Rolling Stone, and the Miami New Times. Also joining us today is Solemn Brigham. The North Carolina bread rapper is one half of the duo Marlowe with producer Laurange. Their latest album, Marlowe 2, is available now via Mellow Music Group and wherever music is streamed or sold. He also appears on the record label's compilation, Bushido. Please welcome our guest to the show. Hello and welcome to you both. Hi. Hello, hello. This is the leprechaun. It's the left in the hood. <laughs> Lep, back to the hood. We have we have been in the hood before with Lep. He has murdered many people in the hood before and has come back to murder even more people in the hood. He really has a real thing for killing Black people, doesn't he? It's just really wrong, like the entire thing. But I guess once you get to the sixth movie, you've just accepted the wrongness and the fact that this is happening. So... Oh, it's, it's just happening. It's just happening. There's nothing, <laughs> just, to do there's nothing left at this point. My life is in shambles. I always wondered after taking up the space, why go straight to the hood, <laughs> you know? I always wonder, like, who was at the table and sat down and said, this is where the money is. Let's take them to the hood. So I actually know the answer to that. I, I know the answer to that. Essentially, after Space, the next movie was supposed to be Leprechaun in the White House. And instead, the producers were like, you know who likes uh, horror movies? Black people. So let's make a movie with Black people and it will go to the hood. Because that's the only place I guess they do where black, black, they couldn't have a black president. That's crazy. That was going to be my favorite. Oh yeah, that's absurd. That would have been like crazy. They learned a little bit after the first one. It's funny because the the first Hood movie, I, you know, my parents were extreme censors. They weren't even, um, they weren't religious or anything. They were just sort of censors in a hippie way, right? So I wasn't allowed to see like anything like this. I could barely play any video games except if they were educational. So I had a super sheltered um, childhood as a millennial. So I, when I saw snippets of Leprechaun on TV, like the actual creature scared me. So I never saw any of these movies actually until I want to say three years ago, I was out at a bar in Queens and they had Leprechaun in the Hood playing on these old TVs with no sound. And I just, I left my friends and I spent the entire time in shock because I was like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that this is real. And everyone was like, well, where were you in 2000? Like, I don't know, elementary school, but <laughs> just without the sound, it's almost like a satire of an edgelord movie, only it really happened. It was really greenlit. And so, yeah, this one seems super tame in comparison. It's only like a little bit hack. Your experience is dead on par with pretty much everyone. It was like, the movie is just always on. It's yeah. always on somewhere. Someone yeah. can always be like, you know what? No one will complain about Leprechaun in the Hood. And, and especially on- I can just toss that on there. It'll be fine. Yeah. I remember early in like COVID lockdown in New York, sitting in my apartment. And I want to say they did a Leprechaun um, marathon on the Sci-Fi channel or something. And I watched, I think, four yeah. of the six That's a that whole day. wonderful day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to race spirits or whatever. <laughs> you know, April of 2020. But thank you for that random network. Whoever, <laughs> promote that human. I'm pretty sure it was sci-fi. <laughs> I think it was too. Yeah. I think they still do it, right? They oh. Didn't they do one this year? 
except I somebody was saying online that they and they were airing the episodes in reverse for some reason. Uh, the movies, not that there's any continuity <laughs> or any chronology with these, because again, you went to space. There might be a little continuity. I don't know. Oh. I've been on time for a long oh, time, and I've always felt like they followed some kind of like linear storyline up until they went to space. Like there's ongoing themes throughout the Leprechaun history. Like the statue always shows up. Now they do introduce them different ways throughout, but I've always I've always been able to follow from the first Leprechaun up into the third. Now I did miss Leprechaun in space. And then the, the last two uh, in the hood and back to the hood, I think that was just for fun. But I, I always think that there was meant to be a, some kind of story with Leprechaun. It's like a Leprechaun. Do you know? You know, in Leprechaun's, in, in Leprechaun's favor, right? There were six of these movies, but although there is some continuity, you don't have to have seen any of them. And they still give you the little intro and a little bit of exposition at the beginning. So they still make sense, which is a completely different um, MO from any movie these days. Because if you see a superhero movie, they don't give you any information anymore. You just have to have seen all of them. So that's my compliment. Or you get a bunch of soliloquies. Right. So that is my compliment. Like in Avengers where everybody had like an eight minute soliloquy. <laughs> they stop and the talk. The camera goes a little dark and they were like, now I explain why I'm tortured. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you. Another one. Yeah. Uh, you get one of those in each of these movies and each origin story is different. And then the one after when they like remake this shit is called Leprechaun Origins. <laughs> And like, how many origin stories do we need for the Leprechaun? Wait, so how many were there? Six or seven? Well, just to be clear, we don't count the don't two count reboots. Them, but... There were six movies with Warwick Davis. And right. then they did two reboots. One was called Leprechaun Origins. It's not even the same thing. It's like totally unrelated. And then there's Leprechaun Returns, which is supposed to be a direct sequel to the first movie. But it's a totally different actor playing the Leprechaun. They bring back one character from the first Leprechaun movie to try to establish some sort of continuity. And I'm not fucking watching it. Did they ask Warwick Davis, like if he wanted to come back? Yeah, they did. In Warwick Davis's book, in his memoirs, uh, he talks about this. And um, they were trying to figure out a way to get him back. You know, this Back to the Hood is the first uh, that Lionsgate did. All the first five had been through Trimark and Trimark folded after, not long after Leprechaun in the Hood. I can't imagine why. Um, and then when, the, when they were doing the sixth one, after they did that, they tried to get him back. But that's around the time that he, that Warwick Davis got involved in the Harry Potter film franchise. And when you're doing Harry Potter and Star Wars movies, you don't need to go do Leprechaun 7. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, so he mentioned, I think, too, that he had a kid and was like, I'm just, I don't really want to do horror. So um, did so after the studio folded, like, you know, with all of these different movies and they had different directors and then different actors at the end, who owns the IP for Leprechaun? Like, did it get folded into Lionsgate? They bought the rights to the franchise? I believe that's what happens. I don't know if that's the case for all of the Trimark films, which includes like the Warlock series and things like that. But it seems like Lionsgate is the owner of this, I don't know if Mark Jones gets a quarter every time I rent it or something um, <laughs> for coming up with it he, as the originator. But I think Trimark being no more, everything has been sold to Lionsgate. This is Lionsgate's deal now. So there's hope that we could still get another one, you know, if the people want it. Yes. Uh, We're holding out hope. Actually, uh, there's been some recent news on that front. Uh, 
the uh, Darren Lynn Boosman. I don't know if you are familiar with him, guys, but he's uh, he directed most of the Saw movies, and uh, he has been on social media promoting the upcoming Saw sort of reboot, Spiral, which stars Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And he has been using his platform on there to advocate to Lionsgate, who were own the Saw movies, to do a sequel, to bring back the Leprechaun. And he directs. He has a vision for the Leprechaun, and he wants to direct it. Now, we don't know where Warwick Davis falls into that. And again, Warwick Davis is there. He's about to do a new Willow series, a new thing for Disney Plus. So uh, I think he might be a bit busy. But um, considering that some of these films were made in like two weeks, uh, like I think it was. Can't Abercon tell 3 at all. Was made in, Evergon 3 was literally made in two, two weeks. And I think they spent a week and a half in the same pawn shop the whole time. So there's a chance uh, we could get him back, which would be something. Um, I can understand why he wouldn't want to terrify his children because to small kids, like Leprechaun is probably the scariest thing you can meet. And he's magic. And he's like close to your height, you know? That's what really got me. A lot of people would just think that Leprechaun's some kid in a suit. Like nobody really knows what Leprechaun is. And so they try to like make it real to themselves. They always think he's some, some guy in a suit or somebody dressed up for St. Patty's Day until he starts killing. Yeah, like, so it starts, like, <laughs> ripping out their guts and showing it to them. Well, and that's what, what struck me about watching this movie again, because it's been, like, a couple months, a few months since I've seen the other one. But they, mm. you end up questioning everything you think about sort of leprechaun mythology, because, you know, he gets shot and survives. So you start, I never thought that leprechauns had sort of supernatural strength or powers, but I'm starting to question everything you know about them as you progress through this franchise. The powers are wildly different in each one, it feels like. Because it's not uh, the same leprechaun, that's why. I like to believe in a magical world where things can be imaginative and fun and the leprechaun is the same leprechaun all the way through. You sure but do. Dad over here, old man Suarez won't get off my case. About <laughs> I think the suit was different in, uh, in this one. I think the suit was different in this one and maybe uh, I think the second one. The, I think the outfit in this one is, is, is the fanciest we've ever seen him. Agreed. Yeah, by, by far. He's, he's definitely, you know, the, the hat stays on a lot more than you expect it to. <laughs> yeah, he never loses that hat. But I think going back to a point that was coming up before is that like a lot of his adversaries, and this goes across the films, don't have a, a natural fear of him. They underestimate him constantly. They might be turned off by his physical appearance, but you know, they're not necessarily, you know, concerned that he's going to do anything to them until they start to see the extent of his powers. And but there's and, the real of a few characters like in this one we had the magic lady mm -hmm. you know Esmeralda, yeah 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 there's always somebody who seems to randomly know of the leprechaun lore who gives the main character some hand or they they find something and and uh, that was something i didn't expect to see in this movie which was a magic battle between the uh between the two the two most magical people in the film you know i hadn't really Crazy. thought that much about it that was insane did did either of you see that magic battle coming, including what seemed to be some sort of electric lasso at one point? <laughs> yes, I, I saw it all coming. Yeah, it was yeah. tipped early in the film when 
nothing happened. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I saw it coming, but I did not see it no. coming. You know, <laughs> anything is possible. We have definitely it's learned totally to, random. we totally learned to suspend our disbelief enough in these films. And I think it was part four that really broke me on that respect where once we were in space and just like, he comes back to earth. I'm like, I don't care. The man was in space. If this you didn't see was- space, I, I implore you to do so first and foremost. Secondly, Leprechaun just appears in space. <laughs> we're never told how it happened or why, or if this is a space Leprechaun. Nope. It's just that motherfucker is in space. Well, the thing too, as I was rewatching this last night, you know, you see the little slider on the, <laughs> on the app that shows you the movie's only an hour and a half long. And after the first yeah. scene, he doesn't show up for what seems like an excruciatingly long time. So I'm looking at the sliders already at like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, when is the actual titular leprechaun going to show up? <laughs> 25 minutes. Oh, I knew it was something like that. It's, a, it's an entire fucking sitcom episode. You know what Basically. it is? It's an injustice. It's an injustice to make me watch a film called The Leprechaun and a third of the movie does not contain The Leprechaun. Yeah, and when he does finally show up, he goofs off for like at least, well, no, I mean, he smokes and then he kills that guy immediately. He but stabs he him with a bomb. <laughs> he like forgets about his go for a little bit. He's right in the refrigerator and stuff. He's got the munchies. He's smoking a bomb <laughs> and we don't know how he got out. The first thing he says about Leprechaun 2 in his book, he basically says, then it was time to film Leprechaun 2. Next sentence, I smoked a bong that was big as I was. Warren Davis says that? The bong was, what, yeah, the yeah. bong was as tall as he was. That's why dude had to light it for him. Yeah. Whoa. But yeah. it was tobacco. So he smoked. Yeah, it's an it herbal like, tobacco. Oh. It was an herbal tobacco. So when he's coughing, he's coughing because like tobacco makes you cough way worse than weed. And yeah. He's like dying and he said it gave him the best cackle of the entire series. And he was like so pleased with the way his voice sounded. Jeff, I just want to say how delighted I am that you finally, after six episodes of this, you finally read Warwick Davis's book. I've been citing it every single episode and you finally, I, finally you know have read it. Gary, I, I, I got to admit, it was kind of a Cliff Notes version. I read an oral history of the Leprechaun. Um <laughs> And it was way enlightening. And I love Warwick Davis more than maybe I've loved anyone. And I don't really even give a shit about Willow. Which is just so we're, we're clear. You are citing a book you haven't read. Correct. Okay, great. Just just want to just make sure I'm still talking to Jeff. Uh-huh. Got it. Now, <laughs> we did have to wait 25 minutes until we saw the leprechaun again. But I think it's worth bringing up the first time that we see the leprechaun in this film. And it's this weird semi-origin story of how he's gotten to the hood in this case, Again, where we yeah. find out about, you know, Father Jacob and Father Jacob uh, having somehow got his hands on Leprechaun's gold, used that to fund a youth center, and now is facing the consequences. But yet somehow has figured out that you can make a four-leaf clover holy water. Um, as is that what that was? Yes. Yeah. See, I just thought it was normal holy water, and they were adding to the rules that holy items can hurt leprechaun now. I didn't see if he had like doused it or like shredded up some uh, four leaves and put it in there. 
when I went back to it today and I listened to the to the dialogue as he's being hit with the water, he's the, the leprechaun shouts something to the extent of ah damn clovers. So we're supposed to get, to we're you. supposed to get a sense that that and again like so now we're getting this clear thing like okay clovers are a weakness you know in in all these films he has some sort of weakness which was a callback because there were like whole giant swaths of this franchise where clovers weren't introduced at all no really <laughs> like but the, the first one it like killed him then forever there's nothing and then all of a sudden it's like everyone caught on to this clover craze again in the hood. Yeah, well, there were clovers in the weed in the hood. And I, I thought that was interesting. That was kind of like, maybe it was because, you know, that area is where Leprechaun had made his domain. And so clovers mm. grew, grew out of there. Now, what I thought was really interesting about this one is when she finds the gold, she creeps off. She goes into this door, right? And when she opens it, like this brand new land. But it kind of reminds me of when Leprechaun had his lair in Leprechaun 2. And I always thought it was pretty much like the realm of the leprechaun, you know? Right. And I thought it was kind of whack how he just left his gold just chilling there. Like, where was he when she came and got it? You know? He didn't even know. It's criminal how negligent he is about the gold for how important it is to his yeah. lifestyle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I guess, you know, he's constantly being referred to as a, a very old being. You know what I mean? Like thousands of years, possibly. I guess sometimes you're going to leave stuff laying around. And maybe this is the only six times in those like thousands of years that he left the gold laying around. And that's why they're so interesting in his time. It's, it's so weird because you'd think after a certain number of times, he would just figure out how to secure his gold and he wouldn't need to go to space and back to the hood. And it's like, well, how are you so <laughs> stupid? After, that's what I mean. you know? Totally. He's very negligent. <laughs> It's yeah. it's really tough because then he's like so mad, but dog, it's your, you don't just <laughs> hand people money, very valuable coins and expect them not to, I'm sorry, but you're, you need to be protective of this stuff. The number of times he has been trapped in a safe and hasn't considered yeah. putting his gold in a safe. <laughs> it's like, it, it can hold you. Maybe it can hold your gold. There's just, this, there's this a lack a of movie. logic. There's a lack of logic there. There are two things that happened in this movie that like really stuck with me. One, this was the most, how do I say this? The most movie-like movie of the franchise. Mm. Like it looked and felt like they were filming a movie and not like a hilarious skit with a bunch of weird people who never met each other. It wasn't, you know like, I mean? a, it wasn't like, like an SNL uh, thing totally. they played right before the end. <laughs> It wasn't like slapdash. It was like put together, edited. This was a film. There was a narrative. Yeah. They had spent 25 minutes on narrative and not cool leprechaun stuff. They really <laughs> they yeah. sunk themselves into this. Got to recognize that. The second thing is they introduced the idea that this is a never-ending wellspring of gold at the disposal of the leprechaun. So like you dump out the box of gold and you just close it and open it. It's full of shiny, brand new gold. Yeah, that was another thing. Why is it so important to this leprechaun to protect right. something he could just have at all times? I have to say, I didn't think about it that deeply, <laughs> but that's a good point. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad that they did something with it. Like they expanded on his gold a little bit. Like I think in um Leprechaun in Vegas, uh given given the gold, like maybe I think it granted you a wish there or yes. something along those lines. But in this one, yeah. it was just like infinite gold, you know what I'm saying? And I thought it was hilarious. Nothing means anything. If you brought me <laughs> a random piece of gold and tried to use it to pay me for something, I'd be like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, I need some money. Yeah. Instantaneously upon getting the gold, they're on like Rodeo Drive. I'm like, where did you find a place to trade this gold in and yeah. get money? Because if you roll up into a Rodeo Drive and like, here's four gold worthless pieces of money <laughs> no, from 2000 no, no. years ago. No, Jeff. They're not going to let you have it. You're, this is a reflection of your highfalutin lifestyle because clearly where you live, you don't have cash for gold, gold? locations oh, where okay. cash for gold locations oh, are okay. in Were a certain neighborhood. Then? But it's not really a good exchange rate. <laughs> We're talking about like high end dresses, right? How have we talked about this for 30 minutes and not talked about the fact that Sticky Fingos is in it? And he was marvelous. But what I, okay, so I don't remember when this came out, but as I was watching it, was it supposed to be his big vehicle to film stardom? Because watching it now from 2021, you have to like know who he is, right? Because they don't even really make a big deal of him within the universe in the movie. He just has a few lines. So out of cultural and historical context, I, I just want to know, like, did y'all research how he even wound up in this? Well, I think we'd be doing Sticky Fingers a disservice by retconning his history. Yeah. He right. was in he was in Clockers in oh, 95 okay. and and in Dead Presidents. What year was that? He was, in Rye. he was in Clockers and Dead Presidents. When was Dead Presidents? So both of those are 95. So that's like eight years then between those two and this one. I mean, he did a, he did a lot of stuff that he did he did TV work then he did okay. other movies he was on Nash Bridges he was in Next Friday oh snap he was he was Debo's oh, brother yeah mm -hmm. yeah he was Tyrone he was Tyrone Tyrone we forget about Sticky Fingers shot the Sticky Fingers man yeah so like all of that leads up to leads up to this in two thousand and three and then he continues on and continues to have a TV career. You know, he's been on Law and Order. He had a regular role on The Shield. Mm -hmm. More recently, he's been on Empire. Um, you know, he's done and continues to work. So I think we have to just uh, acknowledge that of, of a lot of the people in that film and really in this entire franchise of movies, he's one of the few actors, true actors, like who's he, actually in these movies. He was the most experienced actor we've seen other than maybe Warwick Davis and the whole the whole franchise, that's a lot of roles before he came in here. Then why is he so underutilized in this? Right, I don't so understand. That, that was sort of my question, right? Because considering he was great, yeah. So they don't really even wink, wink, nudge, nudge at his celebrity status in the movie. He's just a guy with a few throwaway lines. Well, I always felt like it was just a, a cameo for him. I'd seen Sticky Fingers in a couple of other movies. Um, and so seeing him in this one, I was surprised he had a small role, but there's so many other uh, heavy hitters in this movie, like uh, small key players, that I'm not surprised that they didn't. Um, I wanted to give another shout out to Paige Kennedy, uh, the yeah. guy who plays Jamie, yeah, the guy who's smoking up out of kite. Uh, mm -hmm. Not only is he a, a, a actor, and he's been in some uh, small films, but he also is a, a pretty good MC. Uh, he's a, a really dope rapper, and I, I felt like the movie was more focused towards him 
Um, it was more focused towards the main character, the one who played Emily. I think she did a really good job. I haven't really seen her in a lot of other things, but um, I thought I thought Sticky Fingers like blended a lot to the movie. He played a dope, intimidating dude. You know, he shot a leprechaun. It did you know he got he got murdered out pretty hilariously. Yeah. All right, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Sticky. I was really sad to see to see his character go. You know. Yeah. You like, well, was- there goes the best actor in this whole thing. <laughs> it's good to see. It's good to see him in this. I think we can all agree he is underutilized for his talents. But again, you know, it's a cameo, and it's like, how much money do they really have to offer for this? You know, do they have enough money? They're they're giving all that money to. You know Warwick Davis to maintain the uh, maintain the the lead, but you know it's not like a lot of people are getting like big money to do these movies. Yeah, another cool tidbit is the uh, the rub down lady who got. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, was, yeah. Uh, I forget her name, but she was Smokey's mom in Friday. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> so Doria, Doria, uh, Vicky Lynn Reynolds. Uh, Vicky Lynn, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew I she plays that role a lot. Somewhere um, in my notes, I have the mom chugs a 40 after a smash cut to the dog. I was really confused. Like, she walks into a room, there's a smash cut to a dog who is being offered weed, and the dog has no reaction. Then smash cut again, and the mom comes in and says something and just starts chugging a 40. And then, whoop, we're done with that scene. It's supposed to be that she busts in and she's like gonna yell at him for smoking all that weed, but she's got like a one hitter in her hand or something. Right. <laughs> and so then, you know, that's where the big laugh is supposed to come in. Oh, she busts in and uh, all she says is like- That was a to- poorly executed laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well done. <laughs> the tonal shifts in this movie of kind of for a quote unquote horror comedy is it becomes difficult to even find some of the funnier parts funny when the kills are so grisly. And at some point you don't really, at some point it's like, is the leprechaun funny? Is he not funny in this? And it's like, when he's high, he's hilarious. And when he's like, you know, ripping, ripping the guts, when he's disemboweling some young woman in her bathroom, there's no humor in that scene at all. Well, yeah, and the the fate of the woman getting the massage that we were just talking about is completely unfair. You know what I mean? It's just it's so completely random. Like she didn't deserve that. And I actually, as I watched this, I found myself questioning my memory of the earlier movies in the franchise because I was trying to remember. Like, was the first one actually supposed to be scary, or did it just look scary to me because I was a child, or did it was were they always supposed to be kind of funny? I don't get it. Well, the first one is in, the first one's interesting because the first one was originally supposed to be a kids movie, and they shot the film and it was a kids movie, and then they gave it back to the execs. The execs said, "No, we'll do a better job if we bring this up from a, from like a PG thirteen to an R." So they went and reshot some scary, gory stuff. Um, so yes, it was supposed to make you scared as a kid in the first place, but then they added grown up scary stuff to it, so that it was no longer appropriate for children. <laughs> Yes, no longer appropriate for children, but if you watch it as an adult, it is fucking weird. It's a really strange I don't think movie. You can really process what a horror comedy is supposed to be. So when I saw it, and I saw it when I when I had no business seeing it, you know, we rented it from like Blockbuster, yeah. and uh, it was Leprechaun Three that I saw. As a kid, I remember no funny parts about that movie. Like it was just all out terrifying. 
I had nightmares after that, <laughs> you know, I needed help after that. But now looking back, and that's when I fell in love with horror comedies, looking back at it, you know, I can see the jokes in it, you know, I can see how people could appreciate that. It is a really, really weird kind of genre, though. It feels like its own genre in and of itself. Is it the leprechaun movies? You describe that? And people are just like, oh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> the leprechaun, got it. <laughs> I, I just feel like this one in... in in the sixth movie, they they leaned really hard on the horror gore, which I think has more to do with, to be honest, the change in studios is the move from Trimark, which I think had a better understanding of the comedy side as executed in all these films. Like think about in Leprechaun in the Hood in the first time Leprechaun and Ice-T encounter each other. It's like Ice-T's pulling weapons out of his Afro. They're having a, a battle next to some like, you know, fast food leftovers like it's an absurd first scene and like that jokiness repeats in multiple ways throughout the film again there's some problematic aspects of it but it does happen whereas this one it's like that first fight with the leprechaun and the reverend is there's nothing jokey about that scene it is violence and then the next time well, the you next see the leprechaun minutes minus the stoner character you know what i mean like the archetype of a stoner being like lighthearted and jestery yeah. Everyone else is just talking about heavy shit and getting into possible fights. Yeah. It's wildly serious and sad. And then they're like, the, the leprechaun hits a bong and we're like, well, <laughs> everything's fine now. Let's have a good time. I just don't know how you reconcile the gravity of disembowelment and you know ripping someone's heart out of their chest and all these sorts of kills with the, the with, the, with the massage with the massage kill. Mm. You know? Although I will say, and I think you, I, I, I'm sorry if I talked over you there. Um, oh. The 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 cop's leg is definitely one of the best executions of horror comedy in the entire. But series. it kind of had a Monty Python feel, you know, like the the night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So that had to have been almost on purpose. Correct. The leg just flew off so easily. Just <laughs> <laughs> There may not be continuity in this series, and I, you know, we can have that debate a billion times. But we won't, we won't one that thing that continues unabated throughout the films is the Leprechaun's obvious disdain for authority and cops, especially. He kills a lot of cops. So, would you say he's kind of an anarchist? Or? I think he's a social justice warrior. I don't think that. <laughs> Like an actual warrior. <laughs> oh, he's, not, he's not he's not about defunding the police. No, he's he's going further. Is, it's past abolishment. Yeah, he's gone past. It's, he's far out. He is pretty far left on. And I salute you, Leprechaun. <laughs> hey, I'm cool with it. Leprechaun can be in my passenger seat. He might get us graves. We ride with Leprechaun on this podcast. That's been something we agree on the whole time. We ride with Leprechaun on this podcast. Yeah, you know, don't, just don't touch his gold. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. He said, a friend with weed is a friend indeed, but a friend with gold is the best of them. <laughs> How did they not bring back that line? Like, that's the iconic line. And they, I thought they would at least say it, you know, in a kind of hack way. And this one, then they just did it. The pot smoking scene was great. And it was my favorite part of the film, probably. Uh, but it was also like a wild missed opportunity there. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, you know, I honestly feel like 
um, had the guy just gave him the coin back, he wouldn't have killed him. He would have just smoked with well. it. It would have been cool, man. I think it would have been cool because he smoked him out. You know, in the last film, there was a lot more. There were limericks and rhyming again. And this one, he's cool. he's back to just talking to you, just talking to you and threatening you. There's no, there's no whimsy. There's no whimsy. There's no whimsy. Like, I mean, like I wrote down, yeah. like, I, you know, I, I try to keep track of some of my favorite lines in these movies. And like when he's sh- about to be shot by Rory and, um, Rory yells, uh, say hello to St. Patrick's for me, bitch. And <laughs> now I do want to point out, he doesn't say St. Patrick. He says yeah, St. Patrick's. He's referencing the day, yeah. like say hello to the day of St. Patrick. <laughs> I mean, the message clear either way, yeah. but uh, it's it's why it's one of my favorite lines in the film, but the Lep has very few great one-liners in this one. He's just mostly just like, give me back my gold. It's like, yes, we know. Like you could say it in a different way, maybe in a funny way. <laughs> He, so if we're going to be realistic about this, I like, guess this is my least favorite leprechaun character. Like this particular movie, this was the very worst of the leprechaun. I had the least fun with Warwick Davis in this one than any other one. I can understand that. They took away, uh, they took away from a lot of his magicness. I mean, he got clubbed on the head a lot, but he got beat up. He was just falling down. Like his superpower was just true endurance, you know, nay invulnerability. He, he just couldn't be. And and they did expand on his lore, but they kind of yeah, he wasn't rhyming anymore. The the suit changed a bit. To me, he didn't look as scary as he did in, in some of the other ones. So yeah, it was kind of like a different leprechaun. I, I still enjoy like what leprechaun they did. light. Like we're gonna, the leprechaun comes in and the kill is sort of the the cool thing about it, which. I didn't like, that's the reason I liked the Leprechaun so much is the kills weren't all that incredible most of the time. It was just that he was hilarious and like cackling and being like, <laughs> running away. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had some moments, you know, definitely. I liked him under the car, that phone call that he had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was pretty good moment. at the lady <clears throat> and she just hung up on him, man. You know, that was hilarious. Once again, the leprechaun, the highlight of the film. The sandwich making scene was pretty decent physical comedy. You know, like the choreography of yes. that was clever. It was probably one of the yes. highlights for me. It was like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a cartoon. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. He could have, Paige Kennedy definitely could have looked down and saw the leprechaun. <laughs> At some point, right? So cartoonish. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was really high, so maybe not. <laughs> that's it, it that you can always hide it because they were all taking giant bong hits man <laughs> yeah. this being the last of the uh the leprechaun films with warwick davis and the last episode of this podcast i'm wondering sort of where does this film for our guests fall in your ranking or appreciation of the leprechaun films Personally, for me, <clears throat> I got to say, uh, just on a personal level, because it was a horror comedy that I'm fond of and they infused it with hip hop, you know, as cringy as it was and, and how bad I, that I wish they could have gotten maybe some black uh, writers and maybe some black casting directors, anybody black to be involved behind the scenes, I would have been cool with. Um, but I still enjoyed it <clears throat> for the cast that they did have for you know, some of the jokes that they did make. You know, Leprechaun was already one of my favorite characters. And now, you know, I get to see him smoke weed, you know? <clears throat> and I get to see what he would do if he was in the hood. Hey, do we know where this movie was set at? Like, what city was it supposed to be at? 
Yeah, I don't think they've been particularly good about revealing the where in either of the Hood films. There's assumptions. I mean, it looks vaguely like, California-ish, right? Oh, it's definitely West Coast. He's never been to the East Coast. He's been to space, but he's never been to the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, wherever this place is, I will never go. I will never <laughs> yeah, I will never drive through. I will take the longer route because it just looked terrible. They was having a cookout in a construction site and stuff. I think it was like the same construction site the preacher was trying yeah, to save. Yeah, it was. Nobody does that in the hood. There's no magical lady in the hood with anime powers. Uh, Ariel, can you uh, lay out for us where you think this falls in your personal ranking or appreciation of these movies? So I, gosh, I think the space one is really special. Obviously this one is missing a lot of the really super uncomfortable, like I want to, I, problematic aspects of the first leprechaun in the hood however i have to agree with you all that say the magic of the characters kind of gone in this one because the first time i watched leprechaun in the hood all the way through like i still i just laughed so hard at the ridiculousness of some of the lines you know and that entire musical sequence at the end where little leprechaun is rapping like i really wanted something like that to happen and just rap in this one um <laughs> so i really missed that however one thing i really enjoyed was the um the wardrobe in this movie because it's so perfectly an encapsulation of like 2003 style and I really enjoyed seeing like the old brands and um, just noticing how clothes fit differently and I felt like it had such a sense of time about it that the other ones don't or maybe that's just my own personal like interpretation of it because I remember 2003 very clearly. <laughs> The difference for me between the first Hood movie and the second Hood movie is that the first Hood movie, it's jarring how the music doesn't seem to match the times. And no, you're right. The music was just trash. I had no idea. Like, did they think that was cool? Was that popping back then? What's look, they they hired they the the, the guys they hired for the music on the on the first Hood movie, known as the Boom Brothers had done some work in the 90s and uh, continue to do work today, but they were definitely not the you know hip hop production duo you wanted to hear in 2000. They were not bringing that. But again, when you have, and you brought this up you know, quite clearly, is that when you have a lack of representation behind the camera in the writer's room uh, and, and on all these other pro administrative processes that go into making a movie, that's where you're gonna make mistakes. You've got people of color on one side, on that side of the camera, but then like you're having them wrap things that like no one's wrapped since 1991. And then in this film, I feel like the music is vastly improved. I feel Definitely. like the music that you hear at the party sounds like what you would have heard at a party in 2002, 2003, the style of music. I feel like the 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 oh, dialogue is it's the reasonably most movie improved. of all the movies. I just feel like actual decisions were made. <laughs> Things <laughs> went a little better, but it didn't really help the, the quality of the film for me all right. that much. Okay. So before I let you guys go, who is your ideal rapper cameo to appear in Leprechaun Thrice in the Hood? Uh, I'd love to see the baby in it. I think he'd be great. Okay. He has great comic timing. The baby is the baby is funny. Um, I I throw Killer Mike in there. I think oh. he would. I think okay. Killer Mike does a lot for the community. I feel like you know they could spice him up and throw him in a row. For me, I would love to see. 
I'd like to see somebody like Freddie Gibbs. I'd like to see somebody who I feel like could really take on the the Leprechaun. You know, I love Freddie Gibbs' music videos, especially because I feel like there have been some really good, uh, some really good acting in those and some comedic acting. There's a great video he did uh, with Eric Andre, and like I just feel like he could pull off the jokey side of it and the fighting side of it. Oh, yeah. Freddie Gibbs is hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. Jeff, who would you put? I'm back and forth. I'm back and forth for the comedic element of just acting a fool in a movie. Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. He would be a lot of fun. I yes. think he kind of takes himself very seriously. But I, yeah, exactly. I'm not and I, sure that he would want to do that. Personal experience. I don't think he likes to make fun of himself in the way that you would need to in this franchise. Then, in, And in that case, open Mike Eagle. I don't think they would give Wheezy a lot of the lines. I think it would just kind of like coast through it. it would that's what I was it. hoping for though, right? Like that's, I want like fun Wheezy to be there just be like, what is happening? Like, why are we doing, <laughs> like he does a cameo in that uh, that basketball movie about the, the with uh, Forrest Whitaker in it. Does anybody know this movie? I forget what it was called. Hurricane Street or something like that. Hurricane yep. Season with Forrest Whitaker, Hurricane Taraji Benson, yeah. Uh, Bow Wow is also in it too. Yes. Yeah, Bow Wow works. A couple of a couple of MCs have like good timing. You'll see him in some comments. Like Snoop Dogg, I could see in a Leprechaun reboot. He would probably be hilarious. I mean, like, is there any doubt that he would say yes to that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leprechaun right. of the Hood 3, Snoop Dogg already is like, he can hear Leprechaun of the Hood 3 happening. Be like, I'm in. I think we know Snoop will say yes to pretty much anything. He say no. <laughs> if you've paid attention to what Snoop has done over the past, just even the past five years, I don't think he is capable of saying the word no. But he's making money, and God bless him for it. Yeah, I tried some of his wine the other day, and mm. uh, it was pretty on point. This is not an endorsement, but you know, <laughs> make sure you have multiple ways of making money, kids. I have <laughs> lost the celebrity wine battle so many times at this point. We're like, I'm just like not going to know more with the celebrity wine. <laughs> You've been burned too many times. You drank Fog Hat wine. I did. I drank Fog Hat's <laughs> brand of wine. And it was it was pure gasoline. It was just <laughs> garbage. We were we were mixing them all together to see if we'd get a better taste. It was just awful. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you so much for doing this with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for for helping us do this anytime shout out to everybody that love leprechaun like me and who can appreciate this movie you know when you when you sign up to watch leprechaun back to the hood you know what you're getting in for all right so don't take it too seriously and anybody that can enjoy that i appreciate that Do you think we can get another Leprechaun movie straight up and down? Yeah, I think we can do it. I think it happens. I think it happened. Do you think it happens? With I, a watchable one, so it has to be with WD. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not talking about another reboot that doesn't involve him. I think right. we absolutely could get another one. I think what Darren Lynn Boozman, while he hasn't revealed what his idea for bringing the Leprechaun series back to glory is, I think okay. that he has an idea that involves Warwick Davis, for sure. 
I would watch, I would 100% watch it and be delighted, I'm sure. I want this really badly. I want it, I want it worse than I want you to admit that Chucky would lose in a fight to some of the leprechauns. In fact, you know what? Let me go ahead and just throw, because this is the last one. So we got to just end all this. I am going to cede all ground on the continuity argument, but that frees my license to rate each leprechaun from each movie against Chucky, whether or not it could beat Chucky. You know what? At this point, this Number is the- one? Just no. The, just leprechaun it. one, I say no. Leprechaun two, also no. See, already you're kind of surprised, right? Like, whoa. I'm, I'm barely I I, You thought I would go all leprechaun, but I didn't. Three, yes. Four, yes. Five, yes. Six, no. Now, come on. That's 50-50. Was that That's worth 50, it for you? 50-50. Was that worth it for you? You can't, just... you can't even entertain the notion that one of these leprechauns, the one in space was like regenerative and incredible. The one in hood could control human thought. Now one of them can beat him? I, I just can't. What's so special about Chuck? Come on. I mean, have you seen the Child's Play movies? Like, have you even seen what he's capable of doing? No. Are you wait, Jeff? I uh, have you okay? So Jeff, in all I've, the din and clamor of arguing, I might Jeff, have not mentioned that I've never seen a child's play movie all the way through. Are you fucking kidding me? And I have very little knowledge of Chucky and and the powers of Chucky. Why have we? Sp- <clears throat> Why have we spent an entire fucking season of this podcast talking about this? Can you hear this? me? Can you hear me, Gary? Can you hear me, Gary? Can you hear me calling you? I'm done. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Gary? Gary, don't be mad, Gary. This was fun. We had such a good time on this one. It's a leprechaun, yay. Diddly, 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 diddly. Play the music, play the music. Thank you.